0: Dennis, for a number of weeks now, we've been looking at um, herbs, simple herbs for the digestive system. So we've we've looked at meadowsweet, which is a particular favourite it of yours, is, isn't it? It is, it is. And its and it has got such a sweet name. It has indeed. And we've looked at chamomile, um, which is a big favourite in Europe. It is. But today, you want to look at a different herb.
1: I do, Jane, and it's probably one of the most well-known and popular herbs, and one of the most inexpensive. We're going to look at ginger.
0: To NURFM, and Dennis Stewart is here for Health Naturally today. We're taking your calls, and Mick has rung in from Mark's point. Uh, it's a friend of yours that you're ringing on behalf of, Mick. Uh, to do with gout and rheumatoid arthritis, yes? That's correct,
1: yes, yes. Hello, Mick. Hello, Dennis. Oh, I love the show, mate, Thank and you. uh always Thank you. extolling your virtues. Oh, yeah. you. oh wow. how about that? <laughs> okay. Yeah, good on mate. Um, I listen every week. Good, good. Um, I've got this dear friend, yes. and uh, he's 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 doing the last pack up of his life. He's sold his house, and he's moving into a unit. Okay. And he's he's always had these he's had these troubles, and he's sort of got them doubled up at the moment. Oh dear. And um, I, I tried to get him. Uh, he's in Bankstown, yes. and uh, he, and he's tried the car radio and everything. Just couldn't yes. get through to you. So yes. Yes. yeah, okay. I've, look, got the I've heard okay. you talk about gout before, and that's okay. how I mentioned it to him. Mick, Mick, uh, an elderly chap like this, if he's been getting uh, gout and if he's experiencing oh. rheumatoid arthritis, it puzzles me that he's not doing a bit better because they're. Uh, some medications out there that might have been able to help him medically but assuming that uh, he has tried those and they're not doing him much good I will uh, recommend a couple of things that can be of potential assistance but let me just emphasize uh, a condition like uh, recurring gout or rheumatoid arthritis in particular that really should be run past his GP because they can be nasty things that can be better managed than seemingly what they are but i tell you something i've experienced gout in my life so i know what it um what it's like and i, I don't think it's just because i like uh, a couple of beers every now and then i think it's just because my dear old dad had the situation and it flows through from our scottish heritage i think but look there there is some very very good information uh, associated with um, the the use of A a celery seed, celery seed extract, celery seed extract, and cherry juice. Now, I know that I know that sounds very, very left field, but uh, cherries have a particular chemical constituent in them that's fairly well known. And if you are fluent on the net, you could pump or just punch in "cherry chemical constituents" and you would see what it is in the cherry that makes it so useful in being potentially able to lower the uric acid level of the body. So I I take a, a capsule every day of my life to make sure that I don't get this wretched thing, and I do well. I've not had an episode for a long, 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 long time, but the preparation that I take is based on the cherry extract, a concentrate of cherry, which means that the, the 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 amount of cherry in the actual preparation is very very high because uh, the cherry has been extracted and a maximum amount of its chemistry has come out now when you blend that as manufacturers frequently do with other herbs and, and in and in particular celery seed extract not just celery yeah, seed not extract not ju- yep. not just celery celery's a great salad vegetable but the seed the seed of celery is the component that contains the uh, mild anti-inflammatory and uh, anti uric acid characteristics. So your dear friend should be able to find in pharmacies or supermarkets, I'm not going to mention brand names, but there are capsules that incorporate those two herbs and whose name or indications are blatantly shown on the label. So I would be suggesting he goes down that pathway. If he's not keen to do that, if he uh, is able to eat cherries continually on a daily basis, that can do the job also. But I would think that if he's a serious gout person, he would be wanting something a little bit more, say, reliable preventatively. And that's where the encapsulated preparations using modern pharmaceutical techniques to extract those two herbs might be of use to him. Now, for oh, great. for yeah. r- for rheumatoid arthritis, it's a yeah. real troublesome one, and there is no easy answers to that. All that I can say is this: that there does seem to be some uh, strong indications that a perseverance with high doses of the fish oils might be useful. And I have had patients in my own clinic who have vouched for a long-term use of fish oils has been an agent that has helped reduce uh, the the pain and the inflammation of this. So, But if you're going to use fish oils, the literature talks about using 3 to 9 grams of fish oil per day in order to quietly uh, move towards some benefit uh, in inflammatory activity. Try that. Also, one of the things that's being used by our profession presently with pretty good results is an extract, an extract of turmeric. And and it's and the extract is known as curcumin c u r c u m i n curcumin c u r c u m i n curcumin right and curcumin. It, that is the that is the active chemical constituent the anti-inflammatory component of curcumin, whether it will seriously impact on it, it depends upon the level of discomfort that your dear friend has, but there's a little bit of encouragement um for him. Um, And uh, none of those, neither of those things are that expensive.
0: This is Health Naturally on 2NURFM. We are taking your calls. And uh, Melissa's rung in from Tookley. Melissa, your question's about gallbladder. Yeah, hi. um Hi. Look, my daughter is suffering from you know quite bad gallbladder issues, and is mm. is going to be um in uh, having it removed. But yes. in the meanwhile, obviously it takes quite a while for that to happen, and we're just wondering if you've got any thoughts about you know how to um what you know what could ease the attacks or um you know something that she could take to sort of like you know make the transition a little bit smoother
1: yeah when is is she having the procedure Uh, Uh, well
0: well she's on the list it could take another couple of months at least yeah
1: yeah Yeah. the the procedure today for gallbladder um, removal is very very uh, successful and um, an in-and-out procedure my wife had her gallbladder removed some years ago and uh, In comparison with the older technique, the modern keyhole technique is a dream run. Look, what I suggest she try, um, it's an old-fashioned method, uh, but uh, it can sometimes help. Get her to take uh, some olive oil on a daily basis. Uh, In in the old days, and I have some of the older literature, probably 50 or 60, in the old days, even a gallbladder attack was recommended. Uh, to be, uh, how can I call it? Help to be resolved by using olive oil. Now, oh, okay. um, So that's one thing that uh, she could do: begin to increase the intake of olive oil uh, on a, on a daily basis.
0: What? So just actually, like, take a spoonful yeah, of it, yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah, or of, you know, yeah, right, of, yeah, right.
1: Now, the the other more, how can I call it? The other more herbal medicine mm-hmm. approach mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. is that there is a herb called globe artichoke.
0: Oh, okay. Now, ga- Latter-
1: globe artichoke is a vegetable, but what I'm talking about here is either an extract, or a capsule, or a tablet yep. that incorporates uh, a recommended dose for this herb, which is uh, very, very reliable in working on episodes of cholecystitis, preventing it um, particularly, and it also it works on the on the liver as well. But in gallbladder uh, management, mm-hmm. that together with the herb dandelion.
0: Okay, and, and,
1: and one that I uh, one that I used um, very successfully and still use successfully, particularly with elderly people that have uh, gallbladder problems for whom uh, mm. a surgical procedure is not available or, or desirable. Um, yeah. it's not as much today as it used to be, but um, I remember going back to my early days of practice, treating a lady on the Central Coast who was very elderly and loved her piano playing. And yeah. she, she was troubled by recurrent episodes of of gallbladder spasm, what we call cholecystitis. And yeah. the preparation that was of most value for her uh, was the herb wild yam, oh, and, really? and it's a remarkable remedy. Wild yam it it, it is available from uh, compounding pharmacists, practicing herbalists, naturopaths, and some health food yeah. stores. Her- health
0: food
1: stores, yeah. Wild, wild yam is. Uh, an underrated herb. It's these days. It's how can I call it? Used more professionally. It's not a popular herb. It doesn't sell millions of it. dollars worth to companies to make it. But yeah, okay. with, I would be one of those herbalists. Would probably use more wild yam than any other herbalist in the English-speaking world <laughs> because it has so many virtues. On yeah. the on the um, on the gallbladder that is yeah. experiencing recurrent spasm. Yep. it It and the use of globe artichoke. I would yeah, see those right. as two confident things that will get her through until the surgeon does his job.
0: Yeah, oh exactly. Oh that's great. That's mm. yeah, that's mm. great advice. Mm. All right, yeah. Just just wanted to have a little bit of knowledge yeah. about you know, something that she could could yeah. look at yeah. anyway, and um at sort of easing the, the you know, sure. the attacks of, I've had it too, and it's very, very painful. Yeah, it is, isn't it? it? Look, thanks so much for your call, Melissa, and all the very best to your daughter with that. Glenda's on the line now from Swansea, and uh, tell us what it is you're wanting to ask about. It's a preparation, is it, Glenda? Oh, yes, it is. Thank you, Um, Dennis. It's PEA. I can't remember the proper name for it, but that's just uh, what the... Medications called and it's for okay. pain and inflammation. Was it? I just wanted. Uh-huh.
1: Was yeah, it? Was it scripted by your GP?
0: Uh, from a naturopath, uh-huh. and um, it's really been remarkable for my inflammation and pain. And uh-huh. I was just wondering what your thoughts were and why okay. I've never heard of it before. Okay.
1: Look, <laughs> if if I knew what the PEA stood for, I'd, oh, be, I'd be, be I would be better able to perhaps comment. Um, I'm not familiar with what it might incorporate. Obviously, if it's, yes. reduce, if it's reducing pain and inflammation, it has some uh, constituents in it, which are obviously anti-inflammatory and perhaps analgesic. But um, yes. I can't comment because, uh, okay. you know, they're just three three letters. If you can give me, okay. some, give me some information and I can give you an opinion.
0: Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart today. And Dennis... Ginger. Ah, We love talking about questions of all sorts, but ginger is so great, it's great in cooking.
1: It is indeed, Jane, and I was very impressed with the way in which you uh, said you were going to cook a stir-fry with ginger. That's the best way of using any of these herbs about which we speak, but ginger in particular needs to be spoken about even at this very time because ginger is what we call a warming herb, and I'll elaborate on that later on. And so it is particularly useful for fighting off a lot of the wintertime ailments. In fact, in traditional medicine, in traditional medicine, particularly as practiced in 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 South Asia, in India and in China, the fresh juice of ginger, usually blended with a tablespoonful of honey, and topped up with boiling water, and then when it's cooled, sipped that juice throughout the day is one of the most successful ways of warding off an incipient cold or even an episode of the flu. And all it basically means is getting hold of some fresh ginger from the supermarket or the fruit shop, uh, preferably as fresh as you can and preferably Australian grown. Now, um, what you would simply do is take it home, um, put a small amount through a juicer, juicer, gather the juice and with, say, two to three teaspoonfuls, of the fresh juice of ginger, put it into a little tumbler. Onto the juice, put about a tablespoonful of pure honey and then top it up with hot water, mix it so that it goes into a syrupy form and then continually sip that throughout the day. It has a remarkable effect on controlling the development of a cold and one of the unique properties of ginger is that it has particularly an affinity for the lung. I've mentioned this on the program before, that some of these spicy, pungent herbs have particular organs that they target. For instance, chili or cayenne is known more for its ramifications on the circulation. Whereas when we come to ginger, it has a unique ability on the lung, and particularly where there are bronchial symptoms such as bronchitis or other conditions where there's a lot of mucus production, even a serious cold that comes with a lot of mucus and congestion, the sipping throughout the day of hot uh, ginger preparation, particularly with the honey, is a remarkable way of lessening the onset of the symptoms. And because, because ginger is also mucolytic, now that's a technical medical pharmaceutical term, but mucolytic means that it breaks up the mucus. So that if one has, for instance, uh, a chest full of mucus uh, coming on as a result of, of a cold and it's stubborn and it's thick it's viscous and it's causing discomfort um, using that ginger preparation and I emphasize on the fresh juice of the ginger one can see that mucus lose a lot of its viscosity and be much more easily expectorated or brought up as we like to say so for all sorts of reasons using the ginger, uh, supports the heart of the lung, helps remove mucus, it warms the lung, and interestingly, and I was reading this in a text this morning by an American writer um, on herbal antivirals, uh, ginger also in traditional medicine is being used more frequently now as part of an immune system boosting agent with other particularly Asian remedies such as astragalus. And we might just say here that while we're talking about ginger's warming characteristics, ginger's ability to help ward off colds, ginger's ability to support the congested lung, we might just also say that in this particular weather, we should take on board things that I've uh, said very frequently. This is the time to use uh, immune-supportive remedies sensibly. Now, I'm not suggesting that you just race out and pick up anything go to your health food store or your pharmacy and look for something, say, that incorporates some astragalus or something that also incorporates echinacea. Let me just say that I would see the two separated in this way, particularly at this time of the year. Astragalus, I believe, is a very useful agent to support, uh, particularly the immune system and in particular in elderly people. Echinacea, on the other hand, is a herb that should be had in the medicine chest, so to speak, to be used if the uh, infection becomes stubborn and starts to take off. Taking echinacea at that stage could frequently lessen the severity of the infection and work well with the astragalus in limiting uh, the viral experience. So astragalus with echinacea as herbs to use now at this time of the year and also get some ginger from the supermarket or wherever Make the ginger juice in whatever way and uh, uh, sip it throughout the day, even when you haven't got an incipient cold or a flu. Using ginger in its fresh state, particularly as a tea or a juice, as strong as you can take it, it can work wonders in helping you get through, say, the winter without going down with something like a cold or a nasty flu. Oh, I bet mm, it tastes
0: mm, all right, too. It does.
1: And the thing about it is, uh, when you start using some of these pungent herbs, you you actually warm to them. Now, that was a bit of a pun, but you know what I mean. You, you actually fall in love with them, and your tolerance for them becomes greater. A lot of people, when I talk to them about using herbs like cayenne and ginger, and that, they say, oh, no, they're too hot for me. Well, what happens is, of course, you start off using those pungent herbs in a level that uh, you can handle, and then you find you fall in love with them, you're using them more frequently. You're putting them into your soups. You're putting them into your dishes. You're making various preparations and the ability to use more and more of them, it happens. And, of course, when you are using herbs, particularly like ginger and cayenne, regularly as part of your diet, you begin to get the ongoing benefits of pungent herbs, ginger being good for those that are just coming into the use of spicy or, gin, uh, or spicy herbs, such as ginger, get into ginger. Yay! Mm-hmm. Let's get mm-hmm. into ginger.
0: Mm-hmm. Now we've had a caller who's not on the line, Dennis, but uh, someone who uses PEA capsules, mm-hmm. PEA, which we had the question about earlier from Glenda, and uh, for arthritis and uh, finds it very successful. Comes from Germany in powder form or capsule form, and its name is Palmitoyleth. Ethanolamide, oh, okay, perhaps. Okay,
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I'm a pretty good herbalist, but um, I am you don't battling know to <laughs> interpret that. Uh, it would seem to me to be uh, a product that obviously got a good reputation and being made in Germany, most of these natural medications have been significantly trialled. Uh, to be fair, it's not something that I've used. Um, it doesn't seem to be strictly herbal. And that's probably why I'm not um, able to give too much of a comment on it. Um, so I will look into it for uh, the listener uh, to find out what it is uh, and whether or not um, it, um, it, is, it is natural, whether or not it's herbal, whether it's mineral or whatever. But I come down to the point that basically I'm an old-fashioned herbalist and I like to use old-fashioned things. This may be a wonderful preparation I'll look into it. Excellent. Mm, Thanks mm, for
0: that, mm. to that listener, for that suggestion. Now, Maureen is on the line, though. She's from Lambton. Now, she's asking whether ginger is good for heartburn. That's what you want to know, Maureen? Um, Well, I just wanted to actually make a comment. Um, Dennis, love your show. Mm. Um, But also um, that I use uncrystallized ginger, the yeah. pieces is spy in the packet, yes. uh, when I um, have the symptoms of heartburn uh, and, it, and it takes it instantly yeah, away. Yeah.
1: Look, I'm glad you mentioned that, Maureen, because I have a, a text that I actually brought along to the studio today which yeah. supports what you say. A number of years yeah. ago, I was given a, by mail a beautiful gift by, I suspect, two South African uh, academics on medicinal plants and I, it's a treasured book just called Medicinal Plants by Eric Van Wick and Michael Wick, and there's an excellent section in it on ginger, which just interestingly I have in front of me here, and one of the things that they say about it is that it is stomachic. Now, stomachic is just a technical term which talks about the, the way in which a natural substance, a herb, can settle down the stomach and lessen stomach things such as reflux, or hyperacidity as we like to call it so uh, i'm yeah. not i'm not surprised about what you say there that some would say oh, look that's a little bit paradoxical because this this is a spicy herb but look many spices um when they uh, hit the the gut have interestingly a very very beneficial fe- effect many oh. are now many are now saying interestingly in the literature that cayenne uh, cayenne uh chili is not something that Uh, is necessarily contraindicated uh, for stomach conditions. Now, I don't recommend it, but the literature is changing with reference to some of these spicy herbs. And it just so happens in the text that I'm referring to, your use of ginger, even in that more uh, pleasant form, is, uh, is supported in as much that it lessens a lot of the inflammatory activity in the gut wall. Uh, What I I would say is that if you're using uh, ginger so successfully, uh, uh, improve the benefit that you're likely to get by uh, using some slippery elm with it.
0: Slippery elm? How would I have that? Okay, Okay.
1: very, very easily. And again here, Maureen, uh, I give uh, encouragement to you and listeners to, as much as possible, bypass the expensive uh, products in our pharmacies, health food stores and supermarkets. You can get Slippery Elm in multiple forms, but go to your health food store, get hold of some Slippery Elm powder and just yeah. uh, just yeah. take that. Uh, you can take it with a bit of honey, a teaspoonful uh-huh. with a bit of honey. You can take it uh, on your porridge if you want. Uh, you can take it and uh, mix it with, say, some milk. Um, it is, You've heard me talk about it. In my view, it is still... One of the most underrated, and yet useful remedies for addressing inflammatory and irritable conditions of the gut, your ginger mm-hmm. is wonderful. But you add some slippery arm to it, and I think you'll ring back and say how much better you're doing.
0: <laughs> well, I've been doing the ginger for a couple of years now. Wow. And it
1: where, where did you learn about it? Where did you I learn it?
0: I was thinking that as you were speaking, I'm thinking, yeah. how did I? Well, I just know ginger is really good for your gut, and yeah, I knew that, yeah, and I yeah. knew that heartburn or reflux, yeah. you know comes from okay. your gut, and I just thought oh, I'll give it a go, and I don't I quite, like, I quite like the flavor of yeah. it anyway, How about but that? it works. I've always got the yeah. jar handy, and it works oh. every single time.
1: Well the <laughs> other thing to know about uh, ginger also is that it's what we refer to as an anti-nausian, That is that it has the capacity to lessen um, vomiting or wanting to vomit. So sometimes it's, it's used even uh, in the early stages of pregnancy uh, in various forms to lessen uh, some of the symptoms of morning sickness, something that I've never experienced, but my wife has experienced on a couple of <laughs> occasions. So it's, it's even good for that. Ah, but before I came to the... Uh, I'm glad you rang, Maureen, because you wound me up on this. Before I came, I was doing a bit of reading on Ginger, and also um, I was refreshed there to know that ginger is also known as a sialogog. Now, that's another technical term which we herbalists know, but what it basically means is that a ginger can promote salivary gland activity. Now, you find a lot of people, a lot of people uh, complain about insufficient saliva, that their mouth is continually dry, uh, and that even when they're eating, they have to be continually drinking in order to masticate their food. Ginger is a food that can help, can help the salivary glands secrete saliva and better digest our food. Also, by the way, it has a useful effect on promoting um, gut wall activity and the production of a lot of, the, uh, in the, lot of the stomach acids that participate in the breaking down, particularly of protein. So it's, uh, uh, here's a simple herb. It's a simple herb, but when you look at it, an antinauseant, Uh, something that has the capacity to settle the gut down when it's experiencing heartburn, something that can promote a little bit of salivary gland support. Uh, The list goes on, and yet it's so cheap. It's not an expensive herb. It's not a fancy herb. And this is what I'm trying to do in my, uh, my old age, is to get over to people that herbal medicine has always been a domestic system. And even the herbalists that taught me, that were predominantly older English herbalists, They always tended to drift back to the old herbal remedies that were cheap, available, well proven and the ordinary working class person could afford them. You take that on board. You're doing well.
0: Well done, Maureen and thanks for the call. Mm. Uh, Just before Uh, Just now, uh, we did have a call from Jenny from Fern Bay. Uh She's not there at the moment, but she rang in to ask about fish oil and we were thinking about arthritis in that instance and how much she should take.
1: Uh, Jenny, there is a text that I'm referring to here. It's known as Mosby's text or Mosby's uh, book, if you like, on complementary medicine. Dealing with fish oil in that text, um, the range is uh, I think it's between three and nine grams. And I recommend if people are are going to try fish oils to ameliorate any aspect of uh, particularly rheumatoid arthritis, work around at least six grams of fish oil a day. That's the recommendation that I make based on Mosby's text. Most people that use uh, fish oil for attempting, and let me say attempting to lessen uh, some of the symptoms of uh, of arthritic conditions uh, take too little a dose, and don't persevere with it long enough. Fish oil is not something uh, that is going to work overnight. It's not a a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory or a steroidal anti-inflammatory. It's a it's a food, and it has a quiet effect on some people. Most people will experience a degree. Of Improvement if they take it in those elevated dosages. I suggest round about six grams if you're trying to work with an inflammatory or painful condition.
0: Health naturally, and Ian has rung in. Ian, now you've got a question following on from Ginger for Dennis, yes? Yeah, good afternoon again. G'day, Dennis. How are you, mate? Thank you. I, um, I, Ginger is probably my, I shouldn't say the word, but fetish. I absolutely. Uh, love ginger, but they that does is it, do I get the same benefits if I just get ginger off the shelf and just eat it? Like sometimes I wash it, I leave the skin on, yes. baby ginger, yeah. and I eat a lot of it. Yeah,
1: look, if if you're using it that way, in my opinion, you're probably using it at its optimal level. That's a good way of using it if you can use it. Um, I'm serious. Yeah, absolutely. What I mean, if you. I, I guess I've got to be cautious that I I don't get people thinking that this is a cure-all, but it is such a a popularly used herb, particularly in in Asia, South Asia and Southeast Asia, and it's potentially so useful in in, in handling many uh, conditions that we experience that um, encouraging people to spice up their diet with ginger, as you seem to be doing, is is, um, a message that uh, I I I hope I'm getting over because uh, the way you're using it is is great. You just go to the uh, supermarket or the fruit shop, get a bit off the off the shelf, so to speak, and 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 use it as you require it.
0: Yeah, oh, thank you. Because I'm really struggling with weight loss. I need to get some professional with weight loss. Yes. So I'm really. So, but yeah,
1: now you just say your middle finger. Yeah. I would eat maybe one or two full length about a day of ginger well if I just eat as, as a, I just eat it I sort of numbs your mouth in a way it's such a beautiful taste and I is. just down um, there yeah. well it's a very heroic dose that you're taking but obviously uh, you have warmed to it because you've been taking it for so long and it's oh, ob- 20 years Well, there you go. There you go. I should invite you on the program to talk about ginger, mate. I can't remember the last time I had a cold and I had all the COVID stuff going on, but I've never had a jab or anything, mate, I uh, couldn't buy a cold. (laughs) And look, this is is one of the ways that ginger has developed its reputation. And this is why I was simply trying to say, particularly to elderly listeners today, uh, uh, at a time when we're all trying to improve our health and resist any particular sort of pathogen, get into using ginger and using it even as a simple ginger tea that I spoke about is something to start. And once you start on it, you'll realise, hey, this is not a bad taste. i better start to do what Jane's doing, start to cook with it, and then you're cooking with gas. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and, I, oh, well, yeah, very good. I do think, though, it's wonderful that the ginger root that you can buy these yeah. days in supermarkets is looking fresher and it fresher. And, there, and a lot um, of it these good.
1: days, Jane, is, is being grown by Australian growers. Yes, yes, and yes. And we might pay a little bit more for it, but wherever possible, wherever possible, favour the locally grown product because it's fresher and you can guarantee that it's been grown um, healthily.
0: Now, Dennis, um, we've been talking about mm-hmm. the wonders mm-hmm. of ginger and how good it is for the lungs. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other simple foods or supplements that are also mm-hmm. good for the lung?
1: Well, look, there are. And some episodes ago, maybe, I don't know, it might have been a year or two ago, I tried to, and I think I successfully revived uh, the interest in cod liver oil. Now, in all the older literature that, that I have collected over many years and read, it was popularly prescribed by medical practitioners. It was made into various forms by pharmacists. It was particularly popular uh, in those epidemics of serious respiratory diseases because cod liver oil contains vitamin A and vitamin D. It was always seen as a useful tonic remedy to take for people that particularly were aging and particularly were battling with chronic respiratory problems. I don't think uh, we know enough about, or have, how can I call it, known enough about the potential of cod liver oil. We've lost a lot of the traditional knowledge. Very rarely do I uh, see patients that are using it, but I recommend it and wherever possible to be used. Basically, straight... Cod liver oil from the bottle, really? Yeah. Now, now, look, I have I have nightmares at times, Jane, because as a kid living in uh, in Crest Road, Wallsend, in the in the early uh, early fifties, my father used to give us cod liver oil every Friday night. I'd I'd run a million miles, but I'm sure it did us good because he never ever got sick. Cod liver oil is an ideal companion to the things we've been talking about: the ginger, the astragalus, and echinacea. With cod liver oil. Wow! If that doesn't get us through winter, there's something the matter.
0: Cod <laughs> liver oil, and we always used to think that it was uh, it was a punishment almost, wasn't it?
1: Well, it, it probably it may have been, but <laughs> it no, was just, torture.
0: Just to finish off today, Chris has rung in yeah. from Raymond Terrace. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you'd like to tell us about a ginger and honey combination that you use? Yes, Dennis. Um, uh, I've got five bells in my household and um, quite often I find that I'm making uh, my age-old combination of ginger and honey for them Um, for a sore, upset belly. um, It's extremely good once a month for them as well and um, they find great relief from that and uh, I I quite enjoy it myself. I just thought I'd add that in
1: for people who might suffer the same things. That's wonderful. So a a great agent to lessen some of the, the, the pain and discomfort of the period. It's a great remedy for that, and I'm glad you've rung in. It's a, a, a thing that's worthwhile because many young women in particular don't know that secret, ginger and honey, to cope with some menstrual distress.
0: Now, I dare say uh, that could be prepared in much the same way that oh, you are talking about, yes, with the juice of the absolutely. ginger. Absolutely.
1: That is, in fact, from the reading uh, that I've done and my lecturing on it, good as the dried form is, the fresh juice preparations, the fresh cooked preparations is the way to get ginger working.
0: I can't believe how good ginger is for so many things, Dennis. It is. (laughs) And
1: it's cheap. It's universally used. And it works. And
0: it's very available. (laughs) We'll all go out and get ourselves some ginger, I I think, won't we? Uh, Coming to the end of Health Naturally today with Dennis Stewart, thank you and thank you to everyone who has rung in with questions and comments and suggestions. You can catch this program on podcast uh, if you would like later on. It will be available on our website 2 nurfm.com.au and you find the Health Naturally webpage with a wonderful photo of Dennis Stewart there.